podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Do you enjoy being a fly on the wall, getting to listen in on a conversation and learning things about the people involved? Hi, I'm Rhett Hall, and I host the Brain Trust Brothers podcast, where every week I bring the audience along to listen in on a conversation between myself and someone that I find interesting. It could be another podcaster, an actor, or just some guy from down the street. You never know what you're going to get, but you can always count on it being fun, informative, and entertaining. You can find the podcast every Tuesday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or by visiting braintrustbros.com forward slash podcast. Join me as I try to make the world a better place, one conversation at a time. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording as usual in Studio A. Thank you as always to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. remember a couple weeks ago we ran out of time to discuss all of our movies so today we'll do a deep dive into the other three on the list along with a brief discussion of a few other films from 1992 let's get started this is the gravity beard podcast okay let's move on to our next movie all right next i'd like to lead you all in a little prayer dear lord may our feet be swift may our bats be mighty May our balls be plentiful. And Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. This summer, Tom Hanks is managing the impossible. The Rockford Peaches. Pictures would like to take you out to the ball game for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. The catcher, Gina Davis. Well, you see, we slip in the back seat. You make a man out of me. What if I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I made it! I'm a peach! A Rockford peach! The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works is. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there are men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. Okay. Our that was number- a good trailer, by the way. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. 
I think you captured things perfectly. Uh-huh. Our fourth movie, of course, <laughs> is League of Their Own. This is my second pick uh, in the list for today's episode. It was number nine on the IMDb list of most popular movies of 1992, directed by Penny Marshall, who, of course, is Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. I don't recognize the writer. Apparently, he wrote um, the movies Parenthood and City Slickers, which were both good. Which were great yeah, movies. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Again, an ensemble cast led by Tom Hanks, who almost can't do wrong. Right. Yeah, he's, he's especially one of, at that time. Fantastic. He's, he's he's one of the. He actually did show a little bit of versatility in this movie. This was right before he did Forrest Gump and Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. were completely different and showed a tremendous amount of range between those three films during that time period. The cast also included Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, John Lovitz, who was hilarious. He had some of the best <laughs> best lines in the movie. Uh, Bill Pullman, Gary Marshall had small parts, and of course, Madonna, uh-huh. who basically played herself. Mm. But I thought she was great in the film. <laughs> So, what did you guys think about this movie just in general? You weren't I big was, on it. I was never big on it. I, I know a lot it. of people loved it. They and, did. And there were some scenes that obviously were big. Uh, obviously, that that I did see it. I, I think I only saw it once. So oh, I've seen it many times. I like it. John, what about you? I was no. I, I, I was as interested in this movie as I probably was like the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Ooh, so you had zero interest, <laughs> negative interest. No, it's just I don't know. I uh, no, I like this movie. Uh, this is one that again, if it's on today, I will stop down and probably watch a couple of scenes. Now, to me, this is weird because it's it's a female oriented film. It's not a chick flick because it's no. not a, it's not a rom com, right. but it's a fe- you know it's a female film with very strong male actors. Again, I think this is like my cousin Vinny. It has a global appeal. Because it's a con uh, economy, <laughs> economy, a comedy, yeah, yep. and um, and again, it's so quotable. It is Hanks' character is Jimmy Dugan. Yeah. No crying in baseball. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest I, things you've ever. I mean, I think uh, if you walk into uh, AMC theaters and they have their new theater, I think they have that as one of the lines on there. Like they have famous lines all over right. the place. Right. I think that's one of them. Well, I didn't look it up, but all these lines, they're ranked too. You can go out and find the ranks for some right. of these famous movie lines. Let's see what the critics said. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 78%. The audience liked it quite a bit more. They gave it an 84%. The IMDb cumulative score was a 7.2, so not, not bad. Economics. The movie did pretty well. It was a little on the expensive side, mainly because of the cast. Oh, it cost, yeah. It cost God, $40 yeah. million. Imagine paying Rosie and Madonna and at that yeah. time. My God. Yeah. Tom, Tom Hanks. It cost $40 million, but it made $132 million, so it returned three times its money. And so not, no, no one's going to complain about that. To me, this is like a quintessential early 90s movie. It I was agree. it was receivable by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, It did well. You had Frank Marshall and Penny Marshall involved. Um, it, it was a kind of a good balance between comedy and some seriousness. Yeah, some there was some seriousness. Moments. I mean, you were, you were these women's husbands were off fighting a war, and some of them died, and they had to deal with that. And they were homemakers trying to be baseball players and put a product on the field. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would just want to read you this quick quote. This is between Dottie and Jimmy, and Jimmy is Tom Hanks, of course, the the drunk manager. <laughs> she asked, "Have you ever been married?" Jimmy says, well, let me think. Yeah, yeah, twice. Uh, any children? He goes, yeah, one of them was. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I love the Jimmy Dugan wow. character so much. Wow. Well, it, and I might suggest that there wasn't really a bad performance in this movie either. Everybody did a pretty good job. Yeah, there, yeah. There was some I, that, I would certainly agree with that. Okay, some interesting <laughs> facts. 
During filming of the World World Series games, stars took turns entertaining the unpaid extras. Tom Hanks did puppet shows over the dugout. Rosie O'Donnell did stand-up comedy. Um, I'm sorry that to hear yeah, that. Yeah, those poor people. Yeah, and 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 various <laughs> actors pretending to be Madonna and sang her songs after the singer balked at performing uh, the, her songs herself. <laughs> Which I think is kind of funny. That sounds very much like Madonna. In 2012, the film was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry Archives. Now, is that because of the subject matter? That's or? what I'm thinking. I guess, yeah, that time period, the the, the female so. the female baseball league. Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's just such a great uh, documentary example of that time. But I mean, it had some historical significance. It was based on something that was significant, so I don't have a problem with that. And the last fact was uh, Gina Davis joined the production as a late replacement for Deborah Winger a few days before a few days before filming was due to start. Davis's character was supposed to be one of the greatest female baseball players in America, and the cast had been doing baseball training for months. Within weeks. Davis had mastered the game and was regularly beating all of her co-stars. See, that's why you should like her. Remember, she went to the Olympics as an archer. I did, what? Yeah, Jeannie uh, Davis. She, that, I don't know that, if she won anything. She went to the Olympics a con- couple of years back. Congratulations on adding your own interesting facts. So she, so she's an athlete. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, I always, I always think it's funny when I read stories about who was supposed to play what. And I look at that. I yeah. Think about Deborah Winger, which not I a lot read of a people lot of do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think God, that just wouldn't work. I know. So okay, let's let's. You guys ready to move on to our next film? Yes, definitely ready. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. 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 In the basement of this house. It's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up! I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. What is this? Mr. Vanderhoff, this is your audience. It's two chimps on a Davenport in a basement. Here I am with the contract for $5,000. Excuse me? Now, they're on their way. No way! Way! To fame. Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit? Young girls in white cotton panties, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face. To fortune. Contractor knows. I will not bow to any sponsor. And to babe heaven. What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you, you think you're going to hurl? I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. If you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. Okay. It's Wade. This is definitely the type of place I'm going to get when I move out of my parents' house. It's Garth. I love you, God. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. It's a movie. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! Wayne's World. Hi, Wayne. It just might be the greatest motion picture ever made. Are you mental? Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me. Now that was hilarious. Oh man. 
fake, fake reaction, fake reaction. 18-year-old uh, Greg and Chris and John were excited about Wayne's World. Yeah, so, so our, our, next, our next film is Wayne's World. That was Greg's second pick. Yes. Gre- Greg, tell us why you chose Wayne's World. I just, I mean, seriously, who didn't just laugh at that movie? I recently showed our son this movie, and he just thought oh, it wow. was the greatest. He did? He thought it was hilarious, yeah. That's great, I haven't done that, but I need to do that. Yeah. Um, was Perhaps was it because of this scene? I'd have to say, Asphincter says what? <laughs> what? What? Asphincter says what? <laughs> what? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of it. That's what I think of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, there were so many. I sent you, I think. How many did I send you on this? It could have been because of this scene. It, you know what? It uh, just occurred to me. On. Living on your own definitely has its perks. Shrink, you know, because your mom doesn't tell you to turn down the stereo and junk like that, you know, which is a real drag. Shrink, shrink, you know, because moms are genetically programmed to hate music played at the appropriate level, right? I mean, and my dad, forget about it. Shrink, 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 shrink. You can ruin a Led Zeppelin reunion concert, you know what I mean? Shrink, shrink, because he hates any music played at the appropriate level. Shrink, shrink. And just so everyone knows oh. what's going on there, you've got Dana Carvey <laughs> talking to some, this girl, I think, in the bar, in a bar area, in these in a bowling alley, right? Yeah, beautiful girls are walking like by that. him constantly, mm-hmm. and every time a good-looking girl walks by, he goes swing and, and does a pelvic thrust, does a pelvic yeah. thrust towards yeah. the girl, yeah, right towards the yes. girl. So that's what's going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. But they had so many different scenes in that. What about the Bugs Bunny scene? Yeah, I got that right here, actually. You do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember this one? John? I do. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Neither did I. I Dude, how many times were you talking to your buddy and you would say something like he said? And yes. you were like, no. Yeah, no. yeah me, me, neither. me neither. I mean, I was just wanting to know. It's, oh, it's just perfect. Yeah, it was great. So, I, I mean, that, this was about. just a dumb, funny comedy is what it was. I mean, it I, came I, from Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah, I, and, I think yeah. in a way, this was kind of a, a time-defining movie as well. And Rob Lowe was good. This was right after. This was not. Rob Lowe, if you remember, he was huge back in the day. Then that whole thing with the. Well, he did Saint Almost Fire, and yeah. he was kind of that era. Yeah. And then he got in that controversy. Right. He got in the controversy. With the underage girl. Oh, right. Right. And then. Z- I'm sorry. Z- was it more than one? It was more than one, yeah. I think. Okay. Um, so he got <laughs> the in that same current time. controversy. He, he, he Jerry Lee Lewis, someone. Right. <laughs> Just short of marriage. <laughs> And then, th- then he kind of disappeared. All this was long. wasn't this like his first really coming out after that. Really, I don't know that for sure, but like, prob- see, probably, yeah. Because all that stuff How was in the middle eighties. What's her name? Um, uh, what's her name? Was in this? Asia Tia Guerrero. Yeah. What did she do after that? After this, nada. She did True Lies with Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah. And then I forgot she was in that. Fell off the face. But that was around the time. She did right. Yeah. And became a goat farmer, I think. Oh. I yeah. did not know that. <laughs> I didn't uncover that note when I was doing my no? research. No, about Tia Carrera getting into Wiki- goat farming. Where's but Wikipedia? It was, uh, it was just hilarious. Okay, I mean, so let's look at what the critics had to say. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 86, so it was highly regarded by, by critics. Uh, audience, a little bit less, but similar, 84%. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.0 out of 10. But here's where this movie wins and wins big time, and that's on the economics. Mm. This movie only cost $20 million to make. But it returned one hundred and eighty-three <laughs> million dollars. That is nine times the investment. 
So, so by far was the biggest return of any of the movies we've discussed today. And that's why we got that crap heap Wayne's, Wayne's World 2. And 3. Yeah. And was, was there was 3? There three? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. checked out by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first one was great. And then after oh, that, you know, yeah. they I know they pile on. They, they try did. To, they make the money play. So here's what the critics said about it. it: says an oddball comedy that reveals in its silliness and memorable. It says an oddball comedy that reveals in its silliness and memorable catchphrases. Wayne's World is also fondly regarded because of its endearing characters. Totally agree. So here are some interesting facts about the movie. Wayne Campbell lives with his parents. However, throughout the film's 95 minute running time, his parents are never seen. Uh, when Wayne and Garth are on the hood of the car watching airplanes fly over, this is the, uh, the Bugs Bunny line, right. <laughs> Garth asked Wayne if he ever thought Bugs Bunny was attractive in women's clothing. The comment was an ad lib by Dana Carvey made while waiting for an incoming plane to finally come into the scene. Mike Myers' laugh was genuine, and ultimately they decided to keep the dialogue, t- dialogue in the film. <laughs> Which is the best way to make comedy. Darn right. Uh, this was not the first Saturday Night Live spinoff movie. Can you name the first? The very first? I'll be impressed. It was far before this. Uh, was it something? It was like, based based uh, on a SNL character. Mm-hmm. The first oh, SNL character spin off into a movie. Well, let's guess the person first. Um, sure. Was it Chevy Chase or or Belushi? Uh, Blues Brothers. Yep. Yeah, Blues Brothers. that's right. Nineteen eighty. Blues Brothers. However, Good this one. this Good is one. the only this is the only SNL spin off movie that made over a hundred million. Ever. Ever. Oh. None's ever. You mean It's and Pat didn't make $100 million? I know, right? Or Night at the Roxbury? <laughs> Shocking. Or that one... What is love? That was not at the Roxbury. Baby oh, speaking of music, me. this one, the the triumphant scene of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Iconic. I was going to Iconic. include that. And who... who? I couldn't, though, because it, it, it was visual. It was all, yeah. yeah. So 1992, I didn't know who Queen was. But after that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this is awesome. Who is this? No, they, cer- they certainly brought Queen back to the forefront as a result. Of it. Could be, yeah. Queen wasn't relevant for, no. know, for 15 years. Mercury had died in like 87. So again, you know, this theme. Yeah, how did he die, John? Of, of the AIDS. Full, full, super AIDS? Full-blown full full blown blown super AIDS. Yeah. Ebola AIDS? Yeah. Yeah, he made the announcement from his deathbed and died like 24 hours later. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for taking us down that huh. memory road. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us uh, down. It's a little too Greg. soon. I, I, I look it's at... It's been 25 years. <laughs> it's been 30 years since he died. Soon. We hardly knew. No, my, the cultural impact of all these movies that we've chosen was is what's important to me in this mm-hmm. one. Significant. Significant. Yeah. I, all of them have been significant, but Wayne's World. Yeah. And and I, th- I think we owe duty. Like Greg said, he showed it to his kid. You know, I have an 11-year-old. He said duty, by the way. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? I need to show this to my 11-year-old and see, because he has a, a weird sense of humor like me, and see if he appreciates it. He I, will. I do want to know I, that. I am telling you right now. He make will. his mother even crazier. And I want to hear about it. <laughs> she find out. Okay, so we're going to finish up with one last fact about the movie. In the early 70s, some British shops banned or fine patrons for playing Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven because it was played so often. Hence the sign, No, no Stairway, Stairway to Heaven, when Wayne plays the guitar in the store. He's like, oh. Ah, that's great. <laughs> it really is great. Okay, let's move on to our last movie, number six. And here's the trailer. And how long have you been out of law school? A little over a year. Have you ever been in a courtroom? Command, your Lieutenant Caffey successfully plea bargained 44 cases in nine months. One more, I get a set of steak knives. 
facts of the case are these. On midnight of September 6, the accused entered the barracks room of their platoon mate. They tied his arms and legs with tape and forced a rag into his throat. He drowned in his own blood and was pronounced dead at 37 minutes past midnight. I don't think you're fit to handle the defense. You don't even know me. Ordinarily, it takes someone hours to discover I'm not fit to handle a defense. You want to investigate me? Roll the dice and take your chances. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. So don't think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. I'll knock it all down to involuntary manslaughter, two years or home in six months. No deal, we're going to court. No, you're not. Why not? Because you'll lose. Do you think Santiago was murdered? Private Santiago is dead because he had no honor. And God was watching. How do you feel about that theory? Sounds good to me. If this case is handled in the same fast food, slick ass, Persian bazaar manner with which you seem to handle everything else, then something's gonna get missed. You wanna slam dunk this guy? Damn you. I know what you're gonna say, you don't have to. But we don't have to make a whole big deal out of it. You like me, I won't make you say it. I was just gonna tell you to wear matching socks tomorrow. Okay. Good tip. All right. In the heart of the nation's capital, in a courthouse of the U.S. government. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. One man will stop at nothing to keep his honor, and one will stop at nothing to find the truth. You men follow orders or people die. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You! That was Larry. No, oh, wait, to no. Self. actually, that was, it was that. No, it's that was really uh, the last dramatic. movie. Greg, very is, dramatic. Very dramatic. Is yeah. a few good, a few good men. This was John's second pick. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. John, why did you choose a few good men? Well, when I looked at the list in 1992, not having an excellent frame of reference, I have to remind myself. I was like, "Oh my God, are you kidding me? A few good men was 1992? Yeah. Then we have to talk about this one." For because sure. agreed, you had Demi Moore, you had Tom Cruise, and you had Nicholson, and they were all at the apexes of their well, they were climbing to the apexes of their career. Yeah, yeah, and everybody in this film looks so young. Everybody from, from Kevin Pollock, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Pollock was in it, and he was big in nineteen ninety two. Demi Moore, Tom Cruise, who obviously still looks young. Kevin Bacon, they look so young. Yeah, I mean, even even Jack Nicholson looks. I mean, he's got the short okay, haircut. Does he really? He looks pretty young in this movie. Yeah, and he's older than Sin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I picked it because I love this movie for obvious reasons. It's a great. It's a crime drama. It's a legal drama. The uh, the acting is spot on. The tension between the attorneys trying yep. to get this thing done. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, Tom Tom Cruise, of course, <clears throat> playing the maverick again, like he always had in these movies. You know, I'm going to go after him and la, 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 la. And the fact that it's directed by Rob Reiner and written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron Sorkin, today we're really familiar with his style. Right. It's that rapid that rapid pace dialogue. And, yeah. and, and you see this throughout the entire film, uh, which is terrific. It's number three on the IMDb list of most popular movies of 1992. Here's what the critics had to say about it. 
An old-fashioned courtroom drama with a contemporary edge, A Few Good Men succeeds on the strength of its stars with Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, and especially Jack Nicholson delivering powerful performances that more than compensate for the predictable plot. I don't know if it was that predictable. That's a little harsh. Well, you knew the guys were going to get off somehow because they're not getting, they're not going to go through the movie and go, "Hey, sorry, you get the death penalty." Everybody go. Right. Well, <laughs> maybe so, but but I mean, I, I, like you knew you knew where point A and point B were, but in between, I thought it. it well, I thought no, it was that's interesting. that's true. That's yeah. true. I didn't. I didn't think it was boring getting. getting if you through. were a movie critic, Chris, and you were trained to see these things, to hate everything, to hate everything, <laughs> and be, you know, critical of it all, it was terrible. Then you would <laughs> you would know. So did anyone, did anyone find this interesting that Reiner directed this? Because a lot of his stuff were more comedy stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. did such a great job at this. He did a fantastic job. Yeah. Well, and, and think, think, about, think about all the actors that he had to wrangle yeah. and deal with and the personalities mm-hmm. and stuff. So clearly, as much as any of the movies we've talked about today, this has a lot of icon- iconic scenes, right? So there's two scenes that I think really kind of they really kind of cap- capture the movie the best, and they're both between Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. The first one is of course. when he when they go out to Guantanamo Bay, <clears throat> and he asks for the transfer order. Do you guys remember that scene? Of course, yes. yeah. Colonel, I just need a copy of Santiago's transfer order. What's that? Santiago's transfer order. You guys have paperwork on that kind of thing. I, I just need it for the file. For the file. Yeah. She can have a copy of the transfer order for the file, Danny. I'm here to help in any way I can. Thank you. You believe that, don't you, Danny, that I'm here to help you in any way I can? Of course. Corporal will take you by personnel on your way out to the flight line, and you can have all the transfer orders that you want. But you have to ask me nicely. I beg your pardon? You have to ask me nicely. You see, Danny, I can deal with the bullets and the bombs and the blood. I don't want money, and I don't want medals. What I do want is for you to stand there in that faggoty white uniform and with your Harvard mouth extend me some fucking courtesy. You gotta ask me nicely. Colonel Jessup... If it's not too much trouble, I'd like a copy of the transfer order. Sir. No problem. There's so much tension in that scene. Oh, my gosh. God, he hates him so much. Yeah, he, he does. does. What's he say? Call it his faggoty white uniform? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not a compliment, Which you by could the not way. say no. probably today in no, a movie. that might get struck. No. Uh, but but that, that clearly set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yes. And, well, and that's where that's, that was the, the line is drawn. Right. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I'm going ki- to get you, kid, or I'm going to get you, old man. Right. Yeah. And then... And then, of course, the most iconic scene, one of the most iconic yes, scenes in movies. Absolutely. Another one that we talked about, League of Their Own, no crying in baseball. This is another you one. You can't handle the you, truth. Yeah. It's one of the most quoted, quoted you lines You want me on that movies. wall. You need me on that wall. Yeah. And so, so here's, here's that scene. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. 
You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did! Whoa. I mean, seriously, that just makes you... It brings you back, doesn't it? So while Jack Nicholson is one of one of our best actors ever in human history, Greg is one of the worst. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, let's look at what the critics said about it. The critics only gave this 81% on I'm Rotten surprised. Tomatoes. I'm surprised. I thought that was low. I did too. But we read the comment and they kind of panned it for being predictable. It was a great movie. I thought it was too. And I think critics either love Sorkin or they hate Okay, That's I a got point. a question for you guys though. Okay. Was this really the first time that Guantanamo Bay was really brought to the light? I mean like, or what, would you say that was Harold and Kumar who brought that to the light? <laughs> that was after. <laughs> this is the first time I realized Excellent it was something. Okay. Okay. I remember coming home from seeing this movie and going to my dad and say, What's gone Guantanamo Bay? And he's like, Oh, okay. You kids don't get taught anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really? So yeah. yours and Chris's dad should kind of hang out. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Just exchange hate. <laughs> Let me tell you, you kids. So Rotten Tomatoes gave it eighty today. Rotten Tomatoes gave it eighty one percent. The audience liked it a lot more, understandably. They gave it an eighty nine percent. Yep. And uh, this was only second behind Reservoir Dogs for the highest IMDb score. Both John a, movies, by the way. Yeah. Scoreboard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well done. Yep. Yeah, so, so John, and on the popularity rank on John I, IMDb's... John is more critically acclaimed than Chris and I That's are. right. That's for sure. On, on the IMDb I'm list superior. of, yep. Yep. of yep. popular films... Chris was the least, I'd have to say, though. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? I totally agree on that. Because, I mean, he picked singles and... He picked singles. Singles. I wipe my ass with singles. Right. Whoa. He picked... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. I have no idea how to react to Singles in a league of their own. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Okay. Here's my thing about If You Could Men in in parting shot. Um, Is Chris... Are are you going to read your trivia? Yep. I'm going to read my trivia. Okay. So here's some interesting facts about the movie. Okay. The original play was inspired by an actual Code Red at Guantanamo Bay. Lance Corporal David Cox and nine other enlisted men tied up a fellow Marine and severely beat him for snitching to the Naval Criminal Investigative uh, Service. Cox was acquitted and later honorably discharged. In 1994, David Cox mysteriously vanished and his bullet-riddled body was found three months later. His murder remains unsolved. Hey, I got an idea where to start. (laughs) 
you know this taught me <laughs> i think this this movie was kind of weird because you know 1992 was the year of graduation going to college you're living on your own you're living in a dorm unfortunately code reds became a thing because oh, of no. this movie like you in my dorm, oh, you no. didn't leave your door unlocked because someone was going to come in and jack with you and scream code red while they're doing it, all right? <laughs> That's unfortunate. I'm sure if the fraternities, there are probably people that still have scars That's from the idea That's a very unfortunate cultural impact red. of this film. Yeah. I'm sure. always looking for the cultural stirring. Couple yeah. more, couple more facts about the film. The word sir is used 164 times during the movie. That's an average of once every 50 seconds. I don't think I... Wow. You don't You don't realize that when you're watching it. Wow. That's... I remember Sir in there a lot, but I didn't a realize lot. every 50 seconds. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. So our last fact, Jack Nicholson only appears in four scenes in the entire film. That's it? I didn't realize that either. The last of these is his famous You Can't Handle the Truth courtroom meltdown, which lasts for 21 minutes. Those four scenes paid him $5 million for 10 days of work. That's right. Not a bad paycheck. That's why he's Nicholson. Way to go, Jack. And that's there in 1992 dollars. Jack, Jack, keep it up, buddy. That's why he's Jack Nicholas. So that's got to be 10 or 15 million dollars in today's dollars, right? Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Did, Did you say Jack Nicholas? I caught that. Thank you. <laughs> Waiting for somebody to. Yep. So that rounds out the six movies that we chose that we felt like wow. the, most, the most significant or defined the, the movie year of 1992. Well, it was a pleasure. There were a bunch of other movies. So running down this list just real quickly. What movies do you feel like were the most impactful? Obviously, Basic Instinct at the top of the list for obvious reasons. Yes, we don't need to get in that. But it has to do with a lot of the other stuff we had talked about earlier, including my facial hair. (laughs) 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 I apologize for Arthur's behavior. That was uncalled for. Uh, So Basic Instinct, yes. This is one of the movies I wanted to talk about in more depth, but due to time constraints, we had to drop it, which is okay. Because when we talked about it, we we came up with a synopsis that you know this is a thriller and all that, and the, but the whole movie, the whole however long it is, boils down in so, terms of this discussion to the interrogation scene, right? When she flashes the beave, and and Newman from Seinfeld gets all sweaty and hot <laughs> and bothered. <laughs> that was the best part. My night, and but you know, as a movie, it's not good. I never saw it. And, and yeah, and Chris had never seen it, which right. I thought was a travesty. Right. Me too. His, but you just said it was a terrible bubble. movie, and it was down to one scene, but, but which no, I watched. I've seen lots of bad movies that I feel you they're essential the to view. Well, I, w- I was going to download it in preparation for our discussion, but then we ran out of time, so I cut it. So you just watched the scene? Well, because I was going to, I was going to cut the audio. Yeah, and I, I was telling him the other day, I said, "This is Paul Vanderhoven, who did Starship Troopers, which is yeah. a bad, great movie." Mm-hmm. Showgirls, which is a, just a terrible movie with All gratuitous nudity. But, well, didn't, uh, what's it called? Star Trip? Star Starship Trip Troopers, Troopers gratuitous yeah. nudity. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, this is kind of his thing in dealing with the subject matter lesbian killer person. I don't know. It was, I, there, a, it was it's, a, we could talk a long time. And by the yeah. way, that iconic, the iconic interrogation scene. Really, not that big of a deal. No, but, no, but oh like, my gosh, like it became a big deal afterwards, though, because Huge. she said she didn't know it would be seen like that. And well, like they would, they were going to kind of blur it out or whatever. Not, not only have I not seen the movie, but that was no, it's fir- way too obvious not to be obvious. It, until I prepared for this 
pretty much discussion. I, I, I'd never even seen that scene. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the thing that was such a big deal back then. Oh, it was. And Sharon no, Stone I know. became I, uh, a huge star. <sighs> star and yeah. sex symbol yep. because of it. Whatever. Yep. Uh, many other ovaries hanging out all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Just ovaries everywhere. Yeah. And that Magna Loom cow. Ma- uh, <laughs> damn, I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Magna cum laude pussy. The, oh, whoa! whoa. Yeah. That's, That's one beep, of my favorite quotes. Beep, beep, beep. I'm beeping that out. Okay, both of you, real, just looking over this list, name two or three other movies that you felt were I don't, for, which, for you. What list? Where is it? I, I'll tell you this. I hate The Bodyguard. I do, too. Didn't Can't see stand it. it. Totally Didn't with see you. The bodyguard. Totally with you. Uh, Under Siege was just a total badass <laughs> movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Encino Man. Most people disagree that was with me. So terrible. But I liked Encino Man. I liked it. I saw it and I I liked it. Yeah. You know, this was this is uh you know, maybe you come home from a night of partying in the dorm or your new apartment in college and it's like, oh man, Encino Man's on, we gotta sit up and watch this. You we all know it was a terrible movie. Terrible. Oh, I agree oh, it was absolutely. terrible. But for the for us being at that age, I liked it was it. just that's what it, it was. You know, the fact that Polly and Brendan. Well, Brendan, Polly was, you know, he he was just doing a money play because well, he was so popular at that yes. time. Well, this this is where I want to put on the record something I invented back then that I called the Brendan Fraser list. Uh huh. Which was a list of Speaking which of was a, which. a list of actors that if they were in the films, I would not see those films. <laughs> I hated Brendan Fraser. I still like this movie. School ties, nugs. I want nothing to do with Brendan Fraser. He's always been terrible. He's right behind Keanu Reeves, in my opinion, for just being annoying and terrible. Don't put Keanu in that bucket. I actually enjoy Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Keanu makes some decent movies. He's just a John terrible Wick? actor. It's awesome. John but Wick is awesome. Point not, Break? But in terms of a punchline, he he's Oscar. been a Keanu Reeves movies. is a huge punchline. He's a big punchline. I really... Keanu Reeves. Yes, but, but he's I enjoy, been in great movies. I was going to say, I enjoy almost every Keanu yes. Reeves movie. Brendan Fraser can't it's, stand the guy. It's no. funny that Reeves doesn't have any movies at this time. I guess he was a little later. He's too yeah. Late. yeah. But speaking of Brendan Fraser, his movie that he did right here, School Ties, was actually a pretty good It was good a pretty movie. good flick. Yeah. I refused to see it at the time. It was a pretty oh, good movie. No. He's on the list. And I, I liked you, it. I told you who was in it, too. You remember who was in it besides him? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Oh, uh, Help me. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of guys. But Paul Hauser's that, that in it. That was before Matt Damon was really anything. Yeah. Right. Well, they were just. That was before Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, that was yeah. way before. <laughs> what else? I like. I have to admit, I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Eighteen-year-old John. Mighty loved, Duck. I saw the show, but not the movie. Loved, I never saw the movie. Uh, uh, Free Jack. Slayer. Free Jack was not a good movie, Free but so but bad. back then I but liked it. Emilio Estevez, I I really liked it. Yeah, you and I talked about this in preparation for the show. Yeah, and he was great. I always liked Emilio. I Estevez. did too. Way better than Charlie Sheen. We yep, I agree. We didn't talk. I mean, Unforgiven won won everything that year. That was yes. worthy to have been in our discussion. It just none of us picked it. As, <laughs> right. It just didn't hit home with me, I guess. It, I didn't. It, it didn't either for me. I remember it's, liking it's it. It's a great movie. It is it's an amazing cast and, and all those things. And so we we can acknowledge that we love it. It just 
it didn't mean that much to me at the time. Right, right. It, you know, that was when I was like, oh, that's a really good movie. Well, wow. if it came out when it, okay. today, when it was when we're, we're this age, if I were forty four, I'd be I'd right. react differently yeah. to it. One I want to mention too is Love Potion number nine. It was not a good movie, but first time it I wasn't... ever saw Sandra Bullock was that movie, and I was yeah, like, okay, like, hey, who is right. this? Who is this ugly girl who turned smoking good looking? Hey, you know? baby, yeah. how you doing? Yeah, how, how you doing? And of course, one of my movies that I wanted to discuss on here was White Men Can't Jump. That was a good, right? That was a great movie. White Men Can't Jump, to me and my circle of friends, was everything. This is when we were playing three on three men basketball. You know, we would do these tournaments in Dallas and three three men team basketball. Would you dominate this like playground? De- Oh, of course. Three yeah. three white kids from the suburb. Yeah. Sure, yeah. man. They were, we were the just, best. We were just there to get a t-shirt. How, How tall are you? How tall are you? <laughs> Six foot. Okay, yeah. You, yeah. you were totally dominating. Yeah. What was but, that called? Oh, that big tournament? Hoop it up. Hoop it up. Yeah. Manual hoop it up tournament. But, you know, this is what we would do. We'd come from a school or the summertime, and we would we would play basketball. Yeah. And this movie was all about playground basketball. The one-liners yep. just became so pervasive in our life that it... it it probably annoyed everyone around us. Yep. Uh, a couple of other notable it's like me films. And Fletch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Seriously. A couple of other notable films before we go. The Crying Game got a lot of attention that year. Wow. Uh, Again, focusing ending. on the genitals. There was only one thing in that movie that was right. that the, was the just reveal. Like, wow. Well, yeah. That blew everybody away, and it was that. DB Sweeney appeared in a movie called The Cutting Edge that I thought was actually pretty good, but that's got, the hockey player turn. Yeah, but, but got lost. Uh, Figure skater. Figure skater. Okay. Got yeah. lost. Uh, Hoffa was out that year. I, eh, I, I, I didn't go see Hoffa. The 18 year old John didn't care. Ch- Chevy Chase appeared in a movie with, uh, I think, Daryl Hannah. Yep. Uh, it was. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I thought that was good. Uh, a bunch of sequels that year, like there is every other year. Um, a lot of franchises. A lot of bad sequels. A lot of bad too. ones. Yeah, because there were three, two, well, three, There's only and been a few yeah. good sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Alien the, 3 I might be considered good. I wish we could have been talking about the first Revenge of the Nerds. Because <laughs> that, that was the year the third one came out. So, and we mentioned Lethal Weapon three, which was still good. It was still a franchise. That was, was still good. Yeah, they were That's still making the meatballs. Unbelievable, right? I know, four. Wow. Oh my gosh, what a travesty! I said went too far doing a second one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Are, are you guys surprised that there's not a uh, a Police Academy movie on here? They weren't still making. <laughs> yeah, those? I uh, am. <laughs> that probably ended right Steve, in, two, in Steve 1990. Right? right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robocop three. And who was the guy oh. who made all the the black guy doing the noise? I always with forget his, his name. Michael that, Winslow. That's it. Yeah. Nice. Very, very How talented. do you remember that? Because my head is full of useless information. Wow. I can, I can that's really that. impressive. Yeah, it is. It's it's frightening Michael inside here. Winslow. Wow. All right, guys. Anything else? No. All no, right. this was fun. was fun. So, yeah. what are we going to do next? Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to do? So it's music, music, TV, or events. Would oh, you want to do? What did you want to do last time? My pick TV? was music. Oh yeah. See, because I was I, that, that was, was had a much list. larger influence on me than movies. Because Greg emailed me and said that was last on his list. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was seriously. It was. That's Greg what you said. That was I your know. response. All right, I, I'm fine. Let's with say I I I agreed to movies. We're gonna do music next. I'm, I'm, All right, we'll do yeah. movies. We'll do. Yeah, he had to suffer next. through movies. Yeah, it's horrible. Really terrible. Have this experience again. Pleasure, gentlemen. All right, well, installment two of our 1992 series will be on music and guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on the show. Interesting. And thanks for coming on the show. Oh, oh, thanks, 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 Chris. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Tove. We'll see you next time, Tove. Bye, everybody. Make out the check to. We 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 miss you. (laughs) So heartfelt. 
usually where Greg trails off and that's Ice awkward. Cube the Predator. Pantera vulgar display of power. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks. You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at The Gravity Beard. Email us at contactthebeard at gmail.com or interact with us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We definitely want to hear from you. If you got at least a dollar's worth of entertainment from today's show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash gravitybeard for more details. We're also proud to say we're part of the Podfix Network. It's a terrific lineup of shows, including So I Married a Movie Geek, Super Movie Brothers, Twisted Philly, and many others. Go to podfixnetwork.com to check them all out. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout by Silent Partner. You can find them on the YouTube audio library. Our intro song is Drowned by Smashing Pumpkins from the soundtrack from the 1992 film Singles. And of course, this is Quitting Time by Patrick Lee, CC by NCSA 3.0. Patrick's music is at freemusicarchive.org. Next week will be another installment of This Week Today. Adam and I will revisit a story we teased in a previous episode. Unfortunately, it requires us to make repeated references to male genitalia. What else is new? Until next time, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. When John was talking about pants, he was talking about boners. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>